Dr. Marie Batchelor, MD, has traversed the spectrum of reality like no other. Growing up in a family of academic and financial privilege, she had what many would call the dream life. That is, until that dream turned into an unimaginable nightmare. In this interview, Marie explains her sojourn from comfort to calamity and now to calling. Although this was a fantastic discussion, we were thrown quite a few technical curveballs. True, we were conducting our interview literally on opposite sides of the planet, me in the eastern United States and Marie in Australia. However, our connection should have been much better than it was. Where was this interference coming from? Well, what we had to say on this also made for interesting discussion. Either way, I hope you'll indulge us because what she had to share, and you'll get the gist of it, was way too important to end up on the cutting room floor. Some of what we covered included the media's push to watch the recent solar eclipse in the United States and what may have been behind it. The role of artificial intelligence and nanotechnology in usurping human potential the reincarnation cycle, and so-called karma, and what the real cause of autism may be all about. So, please, have a listen. Marie, you had a most, I have to say, jarring, but positively enlightening experience that was triggered at a time when unimaginable grief eventually became the key to unlocking your life's purpose. You lost your four-year-old son, tragically, back in 2008 on an otherwise fun day, a fun day out with family. Understandably, your life was turned upside down. But thanks to your beloved son, whose name was William, who, uh, by the way, synchronistically crossed over due to a car accident that happened on Williams Road, just outside of Melbourne in Australia. And I want to touch on that bit of synchronicity a little later. But it seems that William became your guide, who navigated you toward a whole new life. If it's possible to encapsulate, uh, Marie, very briefly what happened on that day and what it led you to, uh, what you're doing now. And for the audience, uh, just so you know, rather than have uh, my having Marie go into all of the details here, I'm going to direct you to a very moving and, excuse me, revealing interview that you did with Alfred Lambert Weber back in December of 2016. I want everyone... excuse me, to go and watch that interview in its entirety. I I sure did. I've actually seen it a couple of times. In fact, I might suggest to y'all out there in the audience that you press the pause button on this show right now, go back, watch that interview, and then come back to us. Or you can do that (laughs) after your choice. But Marie, if you could give us the crib notes of where this all started. Sure. Well, thank you for that introduction. And um, lovely to be on the show. So what happened um, on that, um, of course, I was devastating grief, absolutely um, traumatised any sort of normal comprehension. And um, But at the same time, I was getting this feeling that there was something else going on. And I was immediately recalling William's words to me, I love you mm-hmm. more than he many times prior to this accident, those words at that time, later it became obvious to me he was talking about the big me. He loved me, the truth of me, this infinite being that I am. 
And it was that that kept growing after his death. And it was that that I kept tapping into. And I was exploring continuously to try and understand what had happened to him, what this world was about, what we are about. And um, it was continuously guiding me with William's presence. And I had a number of downloads and understandings, um, experiences that happened that were just beyond my normal understanding, that had cracked me open to what I say is beyond this matrix of belief systems. And I was being guided by voices telling me um, what to do, uh, to start meditating, to be still, be quiet, and um, to really start tapping into this inner truth. I was also experiencing light coming to me, making me feel that things were somehow okay, even even though I was in the most unbearable human pain. Mm. What's well, interesting too, we went to, uh, I was advised go and see psychiatrists, go and seek medical help, you know, you're in deep grief. And it's interesting because I did, um, as people had asked, and what I found was there was nothing in those sessions that was helping me. The doctors would offer antidepressants or sleeping tablets. Now, I knew I wasn't depressed. I was in deep grief and needed to go through that, that process and certainly didn't want an antidepressant to mask it. Right. I, the psychologists were so blown away by the story that they would just be, you know, crying and, and offering me a box of tissues. And I felt at times that I was propping them up. So it really, I really stood that there was nothing for me in the mainstream way of dealing with his death. And I was excited by this higher dimensional frequency, this contact that I was having beyond this, this human realm. And that's what helped me heal and navigate through the grief. And that is what I was extremely grateful for. And that is what was the support into the changing of who I am and my, my practice mm. as, as a healer. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop you there again, Marie, because guess what? We're getting the major interference again. And I apologize, folks. We, we've had quite wow. a time getting online. Let's, let's get light. Let's activate what we need to, to try to keep this. Cause I, I want everyone to hear every single word that you're saying. And you know, if it gets too bad, I will call you back because I want to make sure everyone gets everything that you have to say. So continue on sure. and then we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. We're going to keep our fingers crossed and our, and our hearts open and the light shining. So this interview will go off without a hitch. Continue. Yeah. Thank you. So this was shaping what I would say is that the new experiences were guiding me to more and more information and understanding. And I was led um, to read Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. And I read that cover to cover and just completely understood what he was saying and just found that such a helpful guide. And then I was led to a local ashram where I started um, meditating and with the understanding of the of the Hindu religion. And that I found extremely helpful as well. Now, I'm not talking about the religious I'm talking about the mysticism that I believe is at the top of all of that that I started to explore through looking at Buddhism and um, the Chinese Tao and um, other, you know, mystical experiences, teachings were available. 
Then that led me to further look at anthropology, archaeology, astrology, astronomy, um, and science. And then, of course, leading down to look what's happening on the planet through um, you know, medicine, through big business, through education, and starting to see that there were two sides to this coin of waking up, and it was really looking at who we really are and why is it that we don't get to feel and be that in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I say that I had started to realize that the truth of who we are as infinite beings of of light have a natural state of feeling well-being, joy, peace, love. And that is not how we as humans feel in a background state. And I started to recognize that there was an ongoing fear of not being good enough, a fear of failing, a fear of unworthiness running through so many people regardless of how successful they they had been in there in this um world so it you know it was really bringing in so many different pieces of what i say is the puzzle of of waking up and finding out the truth the puzzle i i think it is a puzzle we're putting the puzzle pieces together not only to ourselves but what has kept us from ourselves and you and I talked offline quite a while, uh, Marie, and, and we mutually decided that uh, this may, we love to talk about the light. We are the light. How can we not be of that and talk about that? But there are times that we have to also discuss, recognize in order to clear the shadow. And we're going to kind of go down that road today. I want to engage you in a discussion about DNA activation, mm-hmm. well, of course, because this is what you do and do so well. And you're going to, I want you to get into that and what you're doing with, with your wonderful clients and patients today. But let's talk about DNA activation as a light activation, but how we may be dealing with other forces that are working so hard to dim that light, to keep it atrophied. So like I said, we're going to take a bit of the shadow path mm-hmm. today. I think, you know, I do think that at times in order to understand how important and critical these times are on this planet right now, we must look at both shadow and light. And that's, that's like I said, what we're going to do today. But first, I want to begin with a quote that I found on your website. I believe it's under the philosophies tab, which is great. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the state of DNA and where we're headed. I'm going to kind of cut into the quote a little bit, just to kind of cut to the mm-hmm. chase. It says, quote, DNA is changing. It is happening at birth for some children, to increase their consciousness and override dominant patterns and conditioning that the rest of us are subjected to. Others of us may not have received this upgrade at birth, but have been switched on and activated later in life, like you, by the way. This switching on occurs by increasing frequencies. We live in a time where increased photonic light packages from the sun combined with benevolent galactic higher dimensional input has commenced the process of awakening the individual. Now, you said something very key in that quote, when you talked about increased photonic light packages from the sun, that are Mm -hmm. absolutely the key component in waking us up. And yet it seems there are forces that are forgive the pun, hell bent on blocking the sun from this planet. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I think that that's just becoming more and more evident that we are going through this evolution. We are assisted on so many levels for this to take place. And, you know, the photonic light packages, 
the benevolent beings and their frequencies that they can start to bring through the veil that we've been under and even the resonance of the planet itself. But isn't it interesting as this is happening to us and that we are starting to evolve and these children are starting to come onto the planet with their activated DNA with more gifts and abilities, that as this is starting to happen, we seem to have a ramping up of things to actually prevent this from taking place to try and stop us from activating back to our natural state and we can talk about things like the chemtrails we can talk about the genetically modified food we can talk about the medications and we can start to see that there are things at play here trying to prevent this uh, evolution and waking up back mm -hmm. to our natural state because of course when we wake up and feel a sense of peace love joy it gives us a freedom a feeling of being and we're no longer dependent on externals to make us feel um you know worthy and therefore it starts to uh disassemble the structures that are in place mm -hmm. that keep the that keep the planet in this uh perpetual ne you know need for something else that this you know people that are that are finding their satisfaction in external, buying bigger houses, um, you know, through uh, alcohol, drugs, um, you know, trying to just make themselves feel better mm -hmm. by buying into things that are sort of, that are further supporting um, the pockets of, of the 1% of the population that are controlling the masses of our wealth. So we can see the patterns here. You can see the patterns. And as I say, the puzzle starts to make more sense when you look at all sides of this and just go, what is actually happening on this planet? Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, we need to look at the, the light and we need to look at the dark. And it's being aware of this darkness. It doesn't mean being stuck in it, but being aware of it, aware of it makes it possible for us to overcome it and actually embody these frequencies. And what I say to people is changing our perspective of who we really are to the bigger picture and being in the world, being embodied in these physical um, human costumes and actually start living a world in a world with peace, love and joy and activating ourselves out of this matrix of control, being in the world and not of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're so... Uh, uh contributing to to our planet right now and again i want to get into that because that that is a um it's critical to have people like you that that have been touched with the ability to help activate dna uh but listen sure. speaking of the darkness uh, marie i have to make mention of the recent full solar eclipse that uh, we had here in the united states i know you're on the other side of the planet but i also know that you uh, were well aware of what was happening here they called this the great american solar eclipse something that you know hasn't mm. happened for nearly 100 years i believe it was 99 years close to 100 years now look i know that many all over this country felt this to be a very positive and uplifting and certainly certainly rare event that shouldn't have been missed right the curiosity is going to get you to 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 participate in, in in looking at this spectacle but i have to tell you I've wondered whether this event, and particularly the wall-to-wall -wall media coverage in the run-up to the eclipse, may have also played a role in getting people to look up to embrace the darkness. Now, I know this is somewhat of a me metaphorical significance, perhaps, but 
maybe it's something more. I don't know. And I don't know how popular this, this ponderance of mine is going to be, but I'm going to bring it up in this context. You know, one headline in our major news media um, that I will not mention, but it was a pretty big headline, read simply, this was after the eclipse occurred. The headline was, America Cheers the Darkness. I have to tell you, that was a little disturbing to me. I'd love to get your way in. What, 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 wow. Yeah. Well, I fascinating all of this is that I come to conclusion and you and I hadn't you know haven't had contact to to even talk about this but you know we're coming up with the same conclusion where I started to think wow is this eclipse really something that's you know um, a positive for us in the way that it's being portrayed and is there a, an agenda here us to get involved as you say with embracing the darkness and looking at this solar eclipse and is it having an effect on us that is that is negative mm-hmm. and um it is it is interesting that you and i um have, have started to you know ponder this and um i haven't come to any definite conclusion but i'm certainly certainly open to the fact that this may not have been in our but the way it was um that we were led to deal with it may right. not have been in, in in the most positive for um for us as a species interesting and, and we we want to be careful here and i i am by no means saying that i have come to a definitive conclusion i don't know i mean my favorite phrase yeah i don't know on most of these things mm-hmm. but i do take the time to ponder and to, to be as discerning as i can but when you're talking about these these anomalous um so-called natural events it is so difficult to really get to the bottom of what the significance is. But this is something, like I had said to you offline, that up until a day before the event happened, I had even been looking for glasses. Yes, I, I'm always looking up. I'm a sky watcher. I love these things. Um, but something in me, Marie, said, you know what? Don't look at it. And then I started mm-hmm. to listen to mm-hmm. the headlines more and more, and certainly the push for people to look. And again, Look, I know a lot of you out there listening were participating in this this so-called great American eclipse, and it is it's a rare thing and something that you can uh, certainly um, you know take note of as being something historical that you witnessed. Um, so I'm not saying at all that something bad's going to happen there, but I, again, even if it was just the reference of America cheers the darkness, I mean, think mm-hmm. about that, people. You know, mm-hmm. so again, it's not necessarily the event itself that I'm saying is bad or is good. You know, again, here we yeah. are with the, pol- the polar polar opposites here. That's the 3D that we live in. But rather how it was presented and the words that were used to describe it. So. Well, absolutely. Just, are they trying to herd the masses? What, what, is, what is the... Um, the, you know what are they trying to sell here as the line for us and and the and the play with words and the magic of words mm-hmm. and um it that's that's part of it as well and I think as you say you know look it comes down to discernment and each person needs to be very discerning for themselves and find out you know how how does this feel how is it affecting them and understanding that we when we embody our truth and these higher frequencies can overcome any manipulation that's taking place on any level so that's good news but understand this this dimension here is beyond our you know our comprehension and understanding it, it is so the more i do my work the more i'm seeing this and the more i recognize that there are 
forces, technologies, um, negative agendas, non-benevolent beings setting up this whole system down here. And so anything is possible. Who knows? Who was knows? that eclipse, you know, was it positive, was it negative, was it both? And does it depend on how we're, our intention around it? I hope you know. I hope every I hope everyone heard you, Marie. Was it both? Was it both? Yeah. I brought this. Yeah, and th- and, and that isn't that interesting because when we look at so many things, if we it's about our perspective and changing that and getting a frequency read and embodying frequencies and changing our understanding and belief around things just to um, help with you know help to be on the planet, as I say, but not being manipulated and controlled. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well said. I want to bring in, uh, if I might, some of your family members, and I'm going to stress some, perhaps not Mm -hmm. all at this point. Um, You didn't have a chance, like I said, I'm, I'm going to just plug Alfred's show and this particular interview that he did with Marie once again. Please, please, please uh, watch that and get the full scope of the the chronology of how all of this unfolded for you. It was a very tumultuous time, to say the least, on top Mm. of unfathomable grief. But I want to bring your family members in to kind of tie into this point of light and dark and what people are kind of living in, in the 3D. Let's go back to the time when this transition was happening to you. You were Mm -hmm. literally activated, you feel, through a series of profound encounters, including as you uh, had put it in in the talk, being zapped on the top of your head, literally, while on a spiritual Mm -hmm. pilgrimage in India. And you said, Mm -hmm. upon your return, you were completely alienated by some of your family members. They just didn't know how to deal with you. You were essentially cast out of their circle. So my question, Marie, is, yeah, could it be that they were repelling your light because they were unbeknownst to them, living in a sort of collective societal darkness and not aware of it. Well, I think that this is is a very valid point and I think that this is what many people that awake and and to find more truth who they are and what's going on on the planet. It is so out of alignment with people's understanding that they just can only label it as mad. Looking at this, and because of how programmed everybody is, they don't even have the ability to understand. And it's interesting because it was really difficult. And it is because I have, you know, family members that I'm really close to that I aligned with in, in so many things. And, the, you know, science-based, professional, um, academic, um, you know, wealthy siblings and parents who just can't understand what mm-hmm. has happened to me. Right. Fortunately, with time, they're starting to support me for being me. They say they don't understand it, but they wish me well. Mm. And so they've, they've managed to at least soften that way. And that's meant that I can spend some time with them and feel their love and support. But I know that they don't understand who I am. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it is frustrating. It is I extremely know. frustrating. You know, it's like, seriously, it's like a different species. It's like yeah. you've got, you know, 
um, people in a fishbowl and we've props that popped out of it. We're trying to communicate back That's to them. That's right. Come, oh. come, and, come and join us. Or what I heard someone saying was that, you know, people decorating the sofa themselves while the rest of us have leapt out of it. And, you know, the, the minority of us that have woken up have left, have left, have um, leapt out of it. So I thought that that was a really um, nice way to look at it. That, you know, my, my family has, you know, they're doing well in this matrix, so mm-hmm. they don't have any reason to question what's yeah. going on because it's working for them because they're the lucky few that actually have made it to, a, you know, a, a comfortable, successful position. Mm-hmm. But when we understand that all of that can be swept away in a second mm-hmm. and, you know, so we're relying on that for our identity and for our well-being, it's not sustainable necessarily. And that's what people need to understand. And I, and I need to point out here, this isn't about there to live um, without comforts and, and um, you know, we have to turn our back on, on all materialism, not at all. It's actually understanding that these things don't define us, that these things are transitory, that they are part of the dimension and we get to enjoy this dimension and that's one of the things we need to really focus on, embodying these frequencies and being in joy. But it doesn't mean relying on externals for that satisfaction and joy and sense of well-being. Absolutely. Again, I'm going to uh, apologize once again to the audience that... uh, I don't know, could it be the solar eclipse? Now, this isn't conspiratorial, but rather just the, you know, just the atmosphere has been disrupted. And I think they did talk about some, you know, possible issues with communication. So it could be that I'm not going to, I'm not going to lay the blame on that. But uh, it, again, this is, this is a little bit of a tough transmission, folks. So I hope that uh, once I go through and produce that you'll be able to hear uh, every word that uh, Dr. Marie Batchelor ha- is saying, because it's uh, all worth taking in. Um, what you said was just absolutely profound. Uh, and, and just to kind of piggyback on that, it's, I, I think I was saying to someone the other day, I, as much as I am of this ilk, as are you, both of us having somewhat of a transformational, transformative experience, I still love the experience of being human. I was saying to someone, I love getting dressed up and wearing makeup and, but here's the caveat. I do not depend on that as my identity. You can enjoy that and, and enjoy. We're here for a reason to be to 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 experience the process of being human. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Marie, because I do think yeah. it's a balance, and 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 that's where you really get the fullness of the human experience, and also grounding in the so much more that you are. So, you know, you said that you, you yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You said that you believe that there, let's get, we're going to go down a little dark corner here, a little deeper. I heard you say once that there Mm -hmm. may be um, Mm -hmm. an artificial intelligence source that is bombarding us with nanotechnology, which can help to keep those blocks in place. Could you elaborate on that? What is your knowledge uh, of that from, particularly from some of the the sort of cosmological informational sources you're getting. Do, sure. do you have any? Yeah, well, look, you know, let me sort of expand on this topic a little bit more. When I was uh, starting to do my work and, and I was getting more and more understanding of what was happening to the human and, and our condition as we currently are on the planet, 
I recognise that we have been programmed and there have been technologies used on us to prevent us from finding this natural state that I keep referring to as this joy, um, well-being and peace that we should really be feeling as the majority of our time without relying on the external sources. Starting to question what exactly was going on and I was getting information and downloads that suddenly realised we were actually being reincarnated in a, in a trap that we were being mind-like, traumatised, fed back with programs and conditionings that before we took our first breath on the planet, we were already feeling that there was a sense, of, you know, a sense of fear, failing, and not being good enough and worthy. And of mm. course, family lineage programming then starts taking a play and and starts, you know, uh, manipulating as you are growing up through the conditioning that is not always particularly positive further fear is installed into people due to the family lineage programming and I recognise that growing up in society and the matrix and the cultural beliefs of each particular area also have play in actually um, shutting people down from not feeling their truth. And then on top of that, I recognised that we were actually being bombarded by um, technology. And I started to understand that there was nanotech being used on us. There was forms of manipulation of our thought forms, that, some, that a lot of our thought forms are parasitic and that, in fact, these have been inserted and manipulated and certainly create a sort of stimulation of rumination of more negative thoughts about ourselves, about our past, spending so much time going over what we've done in the past or being projected into the future of what's going to happen to me, am I going to be okay, um, you know, about our well-being, about our finances, that we're just taking all of us out of this present moment where all the juice is, where we get to feel uh, the joy. And so isn't this interesting? And I started to understand that these thought forms were really being wrapped up. I noticed that it would even be switched on at times, that we could be going about our day, nothing had necessarily changed, but all of a sudden we didn't feel great and mm. we started to ponder in, in, a, in a negative sense. And I started to say, this isn't mine. I'm not, this isn't mine. I'm not actually doing this. This mm. is being done to me. And I recognised that when I started to say these things, it would switch off, literally. Just acknowledging it. Wow. Hmm. Absolutely. So I started to realise that we needed to say, we don't consent anymore. No longer as sovereign beings of light with every right to be embodied in these human physicalities, that we no longer consent to being manipulated on any level by any program past life karma, trauma, vows, contracts, spells, curses that have been put on us mm. and then the ongoing technology that is, that is, you know, continuously playing with us and manipulating us into a more negative state which makes us more controllable and in fear and therefore relying on externals mm. to, to support us. And it, it just has um, unfolded more and more for me, this, this understanding. 
and um, you know, then I would get these downloads, and then I'd just go, "Wow, this is just you know full on." And then I would look up other people, other sites, and and other researchers, and realize that people were discovering this that what is in the chemtrails can actually genetically modify us, insert genetics. The same with the genetically modified food. It has the potential to alter our genetics. And that I also was understanding that from the get-go, there was, there was manipulation to the human genetics that was not in our highest good. And this was keeping us perpetually in a dumbed-down um, state, not connected to the entire truth. Wow. That's disturbing for sure. And listen, um, I appreciate the way you've articulated that, but I'm sure you know that this is not the first time this perspective has been brought up, this idea of a possible deployment of uh, nanotechnology in some very covert ways. Um, as a matter of mm -hmm. fact, <clears throat> this is something that um, was very briefly brought up in an interview that I did with our mutual colleague and friend, Mary Rodwell. And this mm. idea, Maria, of nanotechnology uh, came up in the context with, with a backdrop of the epidemic of autism. You and I talked about this a little bit offline. This is a very contentious mm -hmm. subject, just within the alternative community even. What is the cause? Anyway, Mary and I had a very interesting exchange that I want to pause now and let our audience hear a portion of. And then, Marie, I'd like you to comment on that dynamic that we're discussing here. Let's have a listen. Only read minds, and the numbers of children that are telepathic is quite incredible now. Um, and a lot of the children we consider autistic are they're already doing discoveries to find out that they actually are telepathic. There are tests being done, credible tests by recognized professionals, that these children, a lot of them, are telepathic. So this is taking us into an area that a lot of the public don't know about, but people behind the scenes jolly well do. They do. And they know what to look for, and a lot of the testing that's being done and all the rest of it is being used for more than one obvious purpose, and that's to find out what's going on with the populations. Right. This is going to bring us into an area that I hadn't necessarily planned on going fully today, but because we have touched on this before, and, and that is... The, the, within the alternative mm. community, if you will, and the discussions about what is really causing autism, mm. what is autism to begin with? Mm. Is it a disease? A disease? Is mm. it a disorder? Or is it something greater? You recall mm. we've talked about that. And I've really, Mary, I pondered this over time because uh, we, we really don't know. Perhaps there's a spectrum mm. of, of what it is to be autistic. But for those on the alternative side mm. that are discussing the idea that these babies, particularly males, mm. are being uh, purposefully assaulted mm. from the environment, mm. the fluoride in the yeah. water, particularly yeah. the vaccines. Mm. Um, and l that's looked at as a malevolent yeah. act to yeah. to put these children in yeah. a, at a disadvantage. Yeah in a sense flies in the face with the idea that it's it's not a disorder and it may not be coming from that at all but a, mo a genetic modification it's, this there's is two. there's two there's yes two. yeah T let's talk about that because there's there ones again. yeah there are definitely a malevolent agenda in terms of i believe and I, I, I would just say to people, just look into the vaccination stuff right. yourself. Don't take my word for it. But I do believe there's, there's real, real damage being done now because of the multiple um, infliction of all these different ones. They've got no idea ultimately what those all together are doing right. and whatever. And, you know, they need to look at this themselves. 
we won't go into the chemtrails and we're, and the fluoride in the water right. and you know the, the food that's being altered and whatever all this stuff that you know is not for our well-being make no bones about it I believe there are some that are born with a, what appears to be autistic tendencies and there's some that are going through this covert agenda that end up being autistic there's a difference in that for example when I talked about Nikola Tesla That's a very good point yeah he was actually autistic uh-huh you did but, mention that okay and and so I think there's there's you know there is an agenda that is negative with that but not you know when the ones are appearing autistic just like Asperger's in a way is they can't function in social circumstances as well. I'm going to go, I'm just going to mention what I know about that. But I think that that's too, and I say certain forms of autism, I, I'm very specific about that because mm -hmm. the ones that are born autistic against the ones that are manipulated, made, to manipulate, that's yes. a different ball game. I see. That's a different okay. ball game. But what I believe it is, is that there is definitely programs where some of the children are born with certain abilities that are not necessarily recognized in terms of, you know, the savants with um, the autistic and what have you. What it is is opening up other areas of brain, the brain. They're noticing that they have more creativity, the autistic child and whatever, which is not necessarily being recognized. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be an incapacity, but in fact, they're more creative. They have different ways of looking at things and whatever, which is showing us another way that we may be operating multidimensionally. Um, one of the interesting things with Asperger's and a critique of it is that they're too honest and they don't know how to um, operate in normal social circumstances. And it was, an, it was a, a, a gentleman with um, Asperger's that explained to me exactly what was going on, mm -hmm. which was a light bulb moment for me because he said, Mary, he said, they say that we can't socialize. He says, we actually don't want to socialize because, <laughs> he said, what you're seeing isn't truth. You are, you are showing a certain face to fit in with what society accepts. It's not, it's not real. It's not honest. Right. You know, you can be feeling terrible and you're saying, I'm great today. That's correct. And he said, and we can't That's bear dishonesty. Sure. He said, yeah. when we're talking to one another, to Asperger's, we're totally on the same page. We're totally direct. We know exactly where we're coming from. And it's honest. It's true. So I think the Asperger's is actually showing us to be honest, mm -hmm. to actually stop all this you know, socialization, this facade, Absolutely. This facade yeah. these, you know, these faces that we put on because it's not honest. That's right. You know, when you go to the supermarket and they say, you know, how are you today? And you say, I'm good. And you maybe may wanting to walk down the road and commit suicide. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a nonsense. That is a big subject. You know, I, I've actually yeah. deliberately said, yeah. actually, I'm feeling crap today. You know, what yeah. are you going to say to that? <laughs> I'm not, I think it's, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm just jerking people out of this whole thing that right. isn't real. Right. I you think know? that's a very interesting thing. Well, you know, thank you for, for elucidating that for us because I think that there is, again, us humans as we are tend to be in the this or that mm. situation. Autism is either, either caused by this or that, yeah. but it could be this and that and that. Yeah. Here's something that I've pondered, it, keeping that in mind mm. that there may be two impetuses for autism that we're mm. seeing today, one being a more natural new human, yeah. the other being a replication, mm. the organic versus yeah. the synthetic. The yeah. Could it be, this is something that I just pondered, that those that are p putting things in our environment, mm. including mm. the vaccines, that may, them being fully aware of, causing autism, 
could it be that that camp is also aware of these naturally autistic mm. or new children and are trying to replicate? Mm. It's almost like looking at creating their own another human. Sense. And this oh, would yeah. take us into a whole other discussion Absolutely. about artificial intelligence. Uh, oh, look, Let's talk about that. I think it's a very good point. And there's only so much you can go into in a yeah, book. Right. But I think that's quite possible because they know that they have certain abilities. Right. And they may be trying to replicate those, uh, but also try to control them. And this is going to go, sound really conspiratorial. We don't know what else are in those vaccines yeah. in terms of monitoring, controlling, programming, because you can have things smaller than, they can have the tiniest um, bit of electronics now Nano or technology yeah, that yeah. is also part of that and we would never never know I don't know I, ca I can't say for sure but nothing is beyond the realms of possibility there I think in terms of if you're going to do this to kids then you, you're really not got any conscience anyway have you that's the way I look at it well that was um, an interesting little exchange yes <laughs> Marie I, I want absolutely yeah weigh in if you will because you know it's so funny it isn't funny actually it's a bit ironic that I I brought this whole idea up uh, in another interview that I had done about what is the cause of autism could this be uh, emblematic of seeing a new kind of human could this be um, you know vaccine and other assaults on humanity and these these little children are, are, are becoming autistic due to it is it both similar to the way we talked about the solar eclipse both mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> what's your way on, I, on what you just heard well i think i think that um what you and mary were saying is absolutely right it is both i think we have this organic process happening that are actually um having experiences uh, uh, a positive in many ways in their ability to communicate with other, their creativity, their ability to read people's energy, really communicate and understand with honesty and truth. And these are attributes that we all need to be um, developing. So they're showing us something. This is this is not necessarily a negative um, side to the evolution of humanity. These children that are coming intellectual with abilities not understood and thing it sort of reminds me of you know me not being understood by my as I wake up so you know in the same way maybe we need to just be stepping back having perspective and understanding their children but of course then we have this other stream we're making an increase in, in diagnosis of autism and it's to reach with the increase in the vaccination program and also with the other assaults through the, the genetically modified food, etc. So what's going on there? I loved what you and, <coughs> excuse me, Mary were touching on, that are they creating through um, synthetically artificial intelligence, dumbing down the popular, altering the genetics, making them more controllable and manipulated. And um, I think that this is this is very, 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 very possible. And these are the areas we need to be great. I think it is both. Mm. That was a tough one. That last, uh, I, I hate to keep bringing this up, folks, but this is just deplorable. The cutting off, I just, uh, 
What's going on, Marie? Should, <laughs> what, what is going wow. on with this? This is really well, something. Interesting. <clears throat> it's interesting because I can hear you completely clearly. Yeah. And I, what's so interesting is that these are topics that we need to be getting out. We're having this conversation for people to wake up, for people to understand what's going on. And I think what's interesting is that, you know, you and I uh, come to some of these conclusions. You're on one side of the I'm over here in Australia. And we're starting to understand these things, having not communicated with each other. We are definitely getting um, downloads and understandings directing our, um, what's happening. And we're, we're also seeing that, you know, we can overcome this. But boy, here we are being... Um, Interfered, interfered with, with. And, I think, and I think this is just such a classic example. Yeah. And if we can persevere, that's brilliant because the last thing we need to be doing with these manipulations and negative agendas is actually buying into them. We need to somehow find ways to overcome what they do to us. And again, it comes with bringing in frequencies, us the support. And, you know, I'm, I'm here, John, team, let's uh, technology prescribed so we can have this very important conversation mm-hmm. for humanity. Mm-hmm. This is what and um, there is no doubt we are tapped in. They understand what we're saying. There's, um, you know, uh, people surveying what's being put out there. And, and then there is, and more people are experiencing this as they're trying to bring forth this information. But understanding we have a very benevolent of beings that do want that that are here to good, we also have the power of functional self, mm-hmm. and that is ultimately what is going to open the embodiment of our truth, our higher frequencies, to not be affected by these emotional manipulations. Wow, I think that was um, pretty clear and straightforward, and I agree with you. I tell you what, we're going to do, everyone, and. Uh, Marie, we're going to wind down for this episode. We're about 40 minutes or so in. I think we've, mm-hmm. I, again, I'm, I'm not going to apologize anymore because I think you can, you out in the Higher Journeys audience know we're having a little bit of a difficult time here. But I think at the same time, we've given them, Marie, enough to sort of chomp on, to ponder, to to think about, to weigh in. I'm going to let you weigh in. Mm-hmm. Be, be kind, people. Mm-hmm. I know the YouTube, uh, our, our audience is pretty respectful, but <laughs> especially when you get into mm-hmm. some of these more controversial areas. But I think what I'd like to do is wind down for today because there is so much more I want to cover with you. And uh, everyone, Marie is in high demand these days. She's been telling me about talks that she's given. In fact, there's another talk that you gave um earlier a couple of months ago that was spectacular that I didn't get a chance to see all of it but I'm going to go back and watch uh, the rest of it that I'm also going to link that I'd recommend everyone um, uh, this was a live talk that you gave that was phenomenal where you elaborate not only on this, what brought you here but your perspective and your philosophy on what we're what we're faced with right now so I'm yeah. going to leave yeah. it there for now um, and I'm also going to invite everyone to go to your website, if I may, which is, I believe, Marie Bachelor, and spell that, MarieBachelor.com. Is that correct? Right. So it's Marie, M-A-L-E, Bachelor.com, Bachelor, all one word, dot com. And then my email, 
that's found, but it's bachelormarat.gmail.com. And I would encourage people to um, contact me if they feel they want what I call a, a cleaning, clearing of all programs and technologies that are actually blocking their their journey. And if they, you know, want to do their activation, bringing in the frequencies clearly assist people on their journey. And um, what I'm witnessing in the results from quite incredible. I'm getting such beautiful positive feedback and, and you know, people really starting to feel their joy and really um, stepping into their mission on the planet. That's what's great. You're doing great work and I hope you could you could kind of make out, folks, what she was saying there. This is just relentless. But... Um, I'm going to have you back. In fact, I'm thinking I'm going to I'm going to try to pull you from your extremely hectic schedule because I think I want to have you back for the next show so we can do a part two immediately because I want you to spend some time really talking about the work that you're doing and some of the amazing things that you have uh, have revealed about how some of the clients and or patients that you have after you have worked with them on activating DNA, how they're seeing you in multidimensional ways. So cliffhanger here folks Maria I'm going to say thank you and uh and I don't want you to hang up because I got a couple of things I want to chat about with you uh before before you go but again thank you so much and uh we're going to talk to you really soon is that a deal sure okay great love to come back thank you okay we'll talk to you soon everyone take care there was so much that we didn't get to cover in this interview Due to the choppy quality of our transmission, I had to cut our chat a bit short. What we didn't cover in great length was Marie's incredible work as a healer and DNA activator and all of the positive changes she's bringing to many people worldwide. So stay tuned for my part two with Marie, which we're hoping to have for you on our very next Higher Journeys radio episode. In the meantime, head to her website, mariebatchelor.com, as well be sure to listen to her interview with Alfred Lambermont Weber for a full download of all that Marie has experienced, both in the 3D world and beyond. I guarantee you'll love it. Thanks for tuning into and putting up with this slightly dicey episode of Higher Journeys Radio. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.